Welcome to the podcast at the Hill. You are about to hear a message from Pastor Daniel Blaylock entitled, Jesus is the one I should follow, from our Kids Fest grand finale. Well, ahoy me hearties, it's been a great weekend here at the Hill. A great weekend. We've learned a lot this weekend, haven't we kids? Learned a lot. Every night we've had a different big idea, right? And the very first night, our big idea, do you remember? Night one was, you are God's treasure. Will you say it with me, adults? You are God's treasure. All right. And we learned the first night that Jesus thinks that we are valuable. Jesus loved us enough to come and give his life for us. He came looking for us when we were lost because we're valuable to him. And then last night we learned that God's treasure is what? Eternal life. Say that with me. God's treasure is eternal life. We learned that last night. And we learned about the woman at the well. Living water. Jesus can give us a relationship with God so that we live forever. And today our big idea has been what? Jesus is the one I should follow. Say it with me. Jesus is the one I should follow. The one I need to follow, right? All right. So this morning, that's been our idea. And our key verse all weekend, Matthew 6, 21, for where your, there your will be also. Very good. We've heard lots of stories about Jesus and his crew this week, and a lot of those stories happened on a ship, right? A ship just like the rising sun that we see behind us this morning. Jesus had a lot of encounters with his disciples on a boat. We talked about how Jesus calmed the storm, how Jesus came walking on the water. Some of you have heard how Jesus was asleep in a boat one time, and they woke him up and were afraid that they were going to die. We've heard about that story. Well, I want to read you the story this morning of the very first time. Say the first time. The first time Jesus ever stepped on Peter's boat. You want to hear it? It's found in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Hear God's word today. The Bible says, One day Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and great crowds pressed in around him. They kept getting closer and closer, and he kept stepping back so they could all hear, and they kept coming closer and closer. Finally, he got to the edge of the water, and he needed to get back so they could all see him and they could all hear him. So the Bible says he looked up and saw two boats, and he climbed on one of those boats, and it belonged to a man named Simon Peter. And he looked at Peter and said, can you row this boat out a little bit? And so they rowed the boat back a little bit, and Jesus stood on the, do- on the, pl- on the bow of that boat, and he used it as a platform or a stage, and he preached and he taught from the side of the ship so that everyone could hear his voice echoing over the water. All right, so that's what happened. Verse 4 says, when Jesus finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon Peter replied, we've worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, we will let down the nets again. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their their partners in the other boat. And soon the other boats were filled with fish and were on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus. And he said, oh Lord, please leave me. I am a sinful 
man. He was awestruck by the number of fish that he had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon and said, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. And his people said, Jesus came to earth to fulfill a mission. Say a mission. And in order to fulfill that mission, he had to have a crew. Say a crew. And that crew was called the disciples. And Jesus called 12. And Jesus is still calling disciples to join his crew today. Amen. We've got another pirate here today on the video. And he's going to tell you a little bit about how Jesus calls his crew. Watch and learn from the story this morning. Ahoy, me hearties! Galilee be one of the most beautiful places in all of Israel. There were many special things that took place here. As a young pirate boy, I'd be hearing many a true story about Jesus who lived in this town and walked along these shores. It was here that I'd be learning how Jesus called men to be a part of his crew. One day, Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee. He called out to some fishermen, Hey, come follow me. He saw Simon Peter and Andrew both that day. They dropped their nets and followed him without much delay. Going on from that place, Jesus found two more. James and John dropped their nets, giving Jesus four. Jesus would turn them into fishers of men. They would tell everyone how Jesus could save them from their sin. Eight more followed Jesus with his crew. They were Philip, Thomas, and Bartholomew. Plus Matthew, James, and Thaddeus. Simon and Judas came without a fuss. These 12 men knew something we all should. Jesus had news of God's love, and it was very good. After following Jesus, the disciples learned his ways. Now we can follow him, and from his map, we won't stray. God's plan was for Jesus to show how much he loved the world. As Jesus' crew followed him, they began to love and care for others the way that Jesus did. As I heard more about the amazing things Jesus did, I knew I needed to be a part of his crew, and that Jesus is who I need to follow. Amen. Give our pirate a hand this morning. Good job. Amen. Well, this morning, I want us to talk about what does it mean to join Jesus' crew. And I want you to remember three words today. Can you remember the three words? Say three words. And the first word is forsaking. Say that with me. Forsaking. That's a big word. To forsake something means you leave it behind. Say leave it behind. Do your hand over your shoulder like that. Leave it behind. If I forsake something, I'm going to leave it behind. I'm going to walk away and forget about it. I'm going to act like it's not as important to me anymore. The Bible says that whenever Jesus called his disciples that they forsook everything. They left it all behind and they went to follow Jesus. As soon as they landed, the Bible says they left everything. Say everything. Man, these guys had families. These guys had a job. They left their work. They left their home. They left everything behind and said, we are committing our life and we're going to make this decision to go with Jesus and he's going to be the one who becomes the leader of our lives. They made a big decision. Say a decision. And can I tell you today, joining Jesus' crew starts with one big decision. We used to sing a song when I was your age in kids' church. Some of you still sing it in Sunday school, and it says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. 
being part of Jesus' crew, being a disciple starts with a decision. Say a decision. A once and for all decision to leave every other path, every other master, and to decide he's going to be the one that we need to follow. Last night, some of you learned about a very, that becoming a Christian is really as simple as A, B, C. You remember those ABCs? Remember that? What did A stand for? Admit, right? There's lots of different versions of this. Last night we said it was what? Admit. We have to admit that we need a Savior. That we're lost and that we are away from God. That our sins have separated us from God. And that we need to be rescued from our sins. Well, the Bible tells us in this story that's exactly what Peter did. Whenever Simon Peter realized through this miraculous catch of fish that the preacher standing on his boat was no ordinary preacher, but the miracle that had just happened proved that Jesus was God's son and that this was the one they'd been waiting on, the Savior of the world. The Bible says that Peter fell down on his knees and said, Lord, I'm a sinful man and you're a holy man. You need to get away from me. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. I don't deserve to get to hang around with you. Lord, you need to leave me alone because I'm a sinful man. But did Jesus leave Peter alone? No, Jesus didn't leave Peter alone. He didn't forsake Peter. He told Peter, I'm going to give you the power to forsake your old life of sin. Peter, I'm not going to leave you. I want you to leave your sin and come follow me. And so Jesus doesn't forsake us because we are in sin. He comes to us. He calls us. He invites us to be his followers. And he's not going to walk away from us. He wants us to walk away from something, right? He wants us to what? Forsake our sin. And so being a disciple starts with that first word, forsaking. Say forsaking. We admit that we need God's Son. Peter knew his own heart was dirty and full of sin. But Jesus didn't leave Peter behind. He gave, power the, he gave Peter the power to leave his old life behind and become a new man by God's grace and God's forgiveness. The A stands for what? Admit. And the B stands for what? Believe. We admit that we need a Savior and then we believe that when Jesus died on the cross, see our cross here? This cross is here every Sunday and it reminds us that the center of everything we believe is that Jesus, God's Son, lived the perfect life we could never live and He died on the cross in our place. He paid the price for our sin so we could be forgiven of everything we've ever done that has been wrong in God's sight and that our sins could be removed and we believe that Jesus is God's Son. We believe that He's a Savior. We believe his death and resurrection deals with our sin and brings us back to a relationship with God. And so we believe on Jesus. Say believe. Peter began to understand who Jesus was. In fact, when he called him, he didn't say just teacher or rabbi. He said, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. What did he call Jesus? Lord. And for someone in Jesus' day to call you Lord meant they recognized you were master. Lord is what they called God in the Old Testament. Only God was Lord. And so when, when Peter falls down and says, Lord, depart from me, he's beginning to understand Jesus is God's son. He's very holy man. And he begins to trust and believe in him. God's son who came to save us from our sins so that we could go to heaven and live with him forever. A is admit, B is believe, and C is what? Commit. Say commit. 
We commit our whole life to Jesus whenever we are saved. We trust Him and ask Him to save us, but then we commit our future to Him. Once the disciples understood who Jesus was, the Bible says they left their old life behind and they started following Him. They committed their future to Jesus. Being a disciple starts with forsaking. Say forsaking. Leaving everything else behind and making the once and for all decision that I'm going to belong to him and I'm going to go God's way. Let me ask you today, have you made a decision? Have you decided to follow Jesus? Are you a Christian? Now, a lot of people would say, well, you know, I, I attend church and I've heard the stories and I believe that these stories are probably true about Jesus. Doesn't that mean I'm a Christian? No, it doesn't. Being a Christian starts with a decision. You have to decide, I'm going to commit my life to Christ. And if you've never made that once and for all decision, you may be a church attender, you may be very interested, you may be seeking to know more, but I want to tell you, you're not a Christian until you have decided to forsake everything else and put your trust in Him. It's a decision we all have to make. Have you committed your life once and for all to Jesus? Knowing about Jesus is not enough. Coming to church once in a while is not enough. Believing the stories is not enough. Believing that he's God's son is not enough. Meeting Jesus changes the direction of our lives. When we meet Jesus, it changes everything. What if I told you this morning that on my way to church, I had an encounter with an 18-wheeler? Would you believe that? That I had a run-in with an 18-wheeler. Man, I was on my way here, and I stepped out on Moffett Road, and he just plowed me down real good. Would you believe that? No. Why? Because I'm standing here, right? And there's no blood, and there's no broken bones, and there's more than a greasy spot where pastor is standing, right? It's not believable. If I had an encounter with an 18-wheeler, I'd be a lot more messed up than I am right now, right? Well, you know what? A lot of people don't understand that meeting Jesus is kind of like that. If you meet Jesus, it's going to have a great impact on your life. It's going to change your life. Our adults have heard the story before. There was a little guy who was asking his mom about receiving Jesus into his heart. And he said, Mom, how big is Jesus? And she said, I don't know. Jesus is probably about 5'9", 5'10", average-sized guy. And he said, Mom, how big am I? She said, well... You're, you're about four foot even. And he said, well, Mom, if Jesus comes to live in me, isn't he going to stick out everywhere? And she said, yes, baby, Jesus is going to stick out everywhere. And I want to tell you today that if you ever meet Jesus, Jesus will stick out all over your life. He's going to show up. It's going to be obvious to anybody that you've really met him and you really know him and he's really changed you because the first step is you forsake other things and you get totally committed to Jesus. If I have an encounter with the God who made the whole universe, it will change my whole life. Being a disciple means forsaking. Say forsaking. It's a decision to leave everything behind and go God's way. Number two, being a disciple means following. Say following. Now, do you remember uh, Captain Will Barrow this morning? He was all confused about following Jesus, wasn't he? Who was he looking for around here? He was looking for Jesus, wasn't he? He was looking for a man in a robe, and he was going to try to walk around and literally follow him step by step physically. Is that what the Bible means by following Jesus? Are we looking for a guy in a robe? No, we're not. We're not looking for footprints on the carpet that we can follow. How do we follow Jesus then? 
In our story, I want you to notice, everywhere Jesus shows up, he takes over. Have you noticed that? Wherever Jesus comes, he's always in charge. Say, he's in charge. Jesus takes over everywhere he goes. You know, the Bible says Jesus went to a wedding in Cana, and he took over the wedding reception. They ran out of wine, and Jesus stepped in and met the need. The Bible says Jesus went to a funeral one time at a city called Nain. And he's walking into the city, and the funeral procession is walking out of the city. And Jesus steps up and takes over the funeral. And he taps the guy on the head and says, hey, wake up. And the dead man got up out of the casket and went home with his mom. Jesus took over the funeral. Say, Jesus takes over. Anywhere Jesus shows up, he's going to be in charge. Do you hear me? And if we are going to be Christians, if we're going to be disciples, we've got to make a decision to forsake everything else, and then we've got to start following Jesus. Say following. Being a disciple means following. When Jesus comes into your life, he will take over. He will take over. Amen? Verse 11, as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. We have to start following Jesus. Now, how do we follow Jesus today? Well, he doesn't leaving footprints in the sand for us to follow. There are no tracks around here for us to follow. Well, let me answer that real quick. Number one, we can follow Jesus' example. Say his example. Jesus did lots of good things that we can do just like himself, just like Jesus did. We can follow his example. The Bible says Jesus helped others in need. Jesus paid attention to those that other people ignored or left out and overlooked. We can do that. At school, we can reach out to people that others aren't friends with. We can build a friendship with people that others are ignoring. The Bible says that Jesus really loved people who had needs and who had problems. Maybe you can find someone in your class or in your grade at school and you can reach out to them and you can be loving and helpful to them. Jesus loved others even when they didn't love him back. Jesus even forgave his enemies. You can follow Jesus' example. The next time your brother or sister is mean to you, you can choose to follow Jesus. And instead of giving it back to them like you want to, right? Uh-huh. Instead of following your flesh, you can follow Jesus and you can go God's way. You can do what God wants you to do. So we follow his example. Say example. We can follow his commands. We follow Jesus' commands. The way we follow Jesus, really, is we follow his word, right? Jesus did not leave us footprints in the sand, but Jesus did leave us his word. Say his word. Jesus gave us his word, and Jesus said, if you really want to be my disciple, you'll do what I said in this book. John chapter 8, he said, if you are my disciples, you will obey my word. If you abide in my word, you are truly disciples of mine, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free, Jesus said in John chapter 8. So today, we follow his commands. Jesus said we ought to be brave and confess that we know him in front of everybody. Jesus said we ought to gather together with other believers in church, and we ought to grow together in our faith. Jesus said that we ought to pray and fast and give money to spread his kingdom. Jesus said we ought to share his message with people in our community that don't know or follow him. Jesus said we should care for the needy, visit the sick, Go and visit those who are in prison and share his love with them. And we should be kind to strangers and foreigners and those from other countries who are around us, who feel out of place when they are with us. Jesus commanded us to do all these things so we can follow his example. And then we can follow his what? We can follow his word. We can follow his commands. 
I want to tell you today, the other thing we can do is we can follow his leaders. Say leaders. If you had fun playing follow the captain this weekend, that was a fun game. Some of you were really good at it this week. Captain says, and you do exactly what the captain says. Why don't we play that game? Because I want to tell you, being a Christian is all about following the captain. It's all about doing what the captain says in his word. And the captain has given us an example. He's given us commandments. But he's also given us other people. Say people. The captain's given us some people who will show us and teach us how to live the Christian life. He's given us pastors and Sunday school teachers. He's given us grandparents and parents who will help us to live the way that Jesus wants us to. He gives us other Christians who've walked with God a long time to show us how to obey His commands and follow His word. Parents, can I tell you something today? If you want your kids to follow Jesus, you've got to follow Jesus. If they're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to follow Jesus. You see, they need your footsteps to follow. There was a little girl one night who the storm was raging and the lightning was flashing and the thunder was rolling and it was shaking the house. And she came running in there and she got up in bed between her mom and dad. And it was a little bed and it wasn't enough room. And mom said, baby, it's okay. You don't have to be afraid. Go back to your room. Jesus is going to be in there with you. And the little girl said, why don't you go in there with Jesus? I'm going to stay in here with Daddy. I need somebody with skin on. Right? Sometimes our kids need somebody with skin on so that they can follow. And they're going to learn how to follow Jesus by watching Mom and Dad follow Jesus. You can't send them to church. You've got to bring them to church. You can't tell them what to do. You've got to show them what to do. Right? That's how this thing works. And parents, it's important to have your family in church because right now you are the main influence in their lives. If you aren't getting it right at home, we can't undo all of that in two or three hours a week at church. Did you hear me? There's no way in two or three hours here we can undo what's going wrong back at your house. You've got to follow Jesus. You need to get in Sunday school. You need to join a life group. You need to be in God's house on Sunday. You need to get the ropes, the knots out of your rope. You need to begin to walk with Jesus because they're going to follow you. Let me give you another reason you need to have your family in church. You're the main voice they listen to for now. But it won't always be that case. Because soon, this group will move on up to the next group, the youth group, and then they hear they don't listen quite as well as they did when they were this age, right? Between about 13 and about 23, they go crazy and lose their mind, right? And all of a sudden, mom and dad are not the main voices they listen to. Let me tell you why you need your family in church. Because when they stop listening to your voice, you need to make sure you have surrounded them with a community of other voices who are still saying the same thing that you would say to them. And when they stop listening to you, there's somebody else. There's a youth pastor. There's a life group leader. There's someone else's mom or dad. There's an older Christian. There's an older teenager who's standing in their life telling them, this is the way you ought to go. Don't make a mistake here. Follow Jesus. Stay on track and live for God. You need a community of Christians in order to lead your family in the ways of God. And God's people said, Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. So being a disciple of Jesus means forsaking. Say forsaking. I made this once and for all decision that I'm going to follow Jesus. And then it means I'm going to be following. Say following. 
I'm going to follow his example and his word and the leaders that he puts in my life. And then finally, it means fishing. Say fishing. Didn't you love the pirates this morning? Did anybody get a bite of that donut? I think Dennis got a bite of that donut. I don't know. I mean, some of y'all were going after that donut. They were fishing for what? Men. They were fishing for men. They were fishing for people. I want to tell you today, the Bible says that Jesus told the disciples, he said, if you'll come follow me, I will make you fishers of men. You're going to start fishing for people. Now, did Jesus mean what those pirates meant this morning? No, he didn't. He didn't mean we're going to throw a net and drag people to church. Although, as a pastor, I've wanted to do that a few times, right? I've wanted to saddle up my boys and take my pastor's counsel, and I think, you know, I think the 12 of them could, could force some people into the car and get them to church, amen? That'd be fun. Randy'd go with me. He's all about that, you know, but uh, he'd help me get them here, amen? Headlock them and bring them to church. That's not what Jesus meant. You know, the way you catch fish is you don't force them, you feed them, you entice them, you put something out there that is interesting to them, something that they need, and they're drawn to that something that they need. That's how we catch fish, right? Well, Jesus said, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be fishing for people. If you're going to follow Jesus and be his disciple, the last thing you're going to do, you're going to make a decision, you're going to forsake. Number two, you're going to follow, and number three, you're going to start fishing. I don't know if you've been watching the news lately, but there's some crazy stuff that's been going on on television lately. How many of your parents watch the news all the time? And you just don't like it, right? Just wish they'd watch something else, right? Just watch the news all the time. Well, there's meteor showers in the news, right? And there's solar eclipse. All that news is in the news right now about how the, the, the moon's shadow is going to, the moon's going to pass between us and the sun and cast a shadow on the earth, and the sun is going to be in an eclipse. We've been watching about that. Some of us have been watching another story this week. Some of us have seen some pretty scary pictures from a place called Virginia where there's a university, where there's some people marching around, and they've got torches, and they're saying some very mean things, and there's a group following the wrong crowd and following the wrong leaders, and they're saying some very dumb things. They think that they're better than everyone else just because of the color of their skin. It's a scary world we live in where people believe all kind of wrong ideas and believe all kind of dumb things that they shouldn't believe. And you know what? You and I are called by Jesus to step out into that world and to be a different voice and to share a different message and to give a different story and to set the record straight. Are those people following Jesus? No, they're not following Jesus. Some of them even claim that they are. But that's not the message of Jesus. Jesus told his disciples, I want you to go invite people from every nation, every tribe, every people group to come and be my disciples. Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and to the ends of the earth. Jesus wants us to go to every corner of the planet and tell all kinds of people, red, yellow, black, white, polka dotted, whatever you find, Jesus wants us to tell people about his love and invite them to be his disciples. It's time for us to go fishing. Say fishing. There is nothing that we can give Jesus that Jesus needs. You know that? Jesus doesn't need our money. He's got, he owns the whole world, right? Jesus is not lonely. He doesn't need our company. He's in heaven with, with his Father and with the Holy Spirit and with angels and with saints who've gone before us. Jesus doesn't need our company. Jesus doesn't need anything that we can give him. He doesn't need that. He's not lonely. He's not hungry. He's not hurting. But Jesus says we can show our love for him 
by loving other people. We can show how much we care about him by caring for other people who are in need. And so Jesus gave us the great commandment and the great commission. What's the great commandment? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your, your neighbor as yourself. That's the great commandment, to love other people as much as we love ourselves. We're supposed to prove our love for God by loving everybody around us. And then Jesus gave us the great commission. We're supposed to not only love everybody, say love everybody. We're supposed to lead everybody, say lead everybody. Lead everybody to come follow Jesus and to meet Jesus like we've met Jesus. I want you to stand up all over the building this morning, today, in God's house. I want you to stand. I want Pastor Chad to come. Michelle's going to come back in a moment. In just a moment, we're going to give you a gift. There's something we want to place in your hands today. If you are one of our girls, our princesses today, or even if you dress like a pirate, girls, we've got a gift for you on this side of the platform. We're going to share that with you in just a moment. Guys, pirates, me hardies, me mateys, we're going to gather you up on this side, and we've got a message in a bottle that we're going to share with you this morning. Something to take home with you, a treasure, a prize that you can look at and remember the message of this weekend. But this morning, before we do that, I want us to take a minute and we're going to pray. And I want to ask you today just a couple questions. I want to go back to those three words on the screen. Are you doing those three things today? Number one, let me ask you, are you forsaking? Say forsaking. Have you made a decision to follow Jesus? And I'm not just talking to our kids. I'm talking to our adults today. You may be an adult here and you may say, well, you know, Pastor, I've been around the church a little bit. That's not what I ask you. Well, you know, I, I, was, just, I was baptized years ago and I, be, I became a member. That wasn't the question. The question this morning is, are you forsaking everything else? Have you made a once and for all decision that Jesus is going to be the center of your life? That you're going to leave everything else and he's going to be your master? Have you committed your life to Jesus? That's the question today. Is he the center of your heart? If not, I want to give you a chance as we sing to come and to make Jesus the center. Number two today, I want to ask you, are you following? Say following. Are you following Jesus today? Are you following his example? Are you obeying his word? Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know, I made a commitment to Jesus, but I'm really struggling with this whole following thing. Can I tell you today, just like Jesus gave Peter the power to leave his old life, Jesus will give you the power to live a different life. He will give you the power and the strength to obey His commands. His Spirit can help you this school year follow Jesus. You don't have to follow the crowd. You don't have to do what everyone else is doing. You don't have to follow the world and get caught up in wrong messages and follow the wrong group. You can obey Jesus today. He will give you the strength to do that if you will invite Him and ask Him to. And number three, are you fishing today? Some of you are here this morning and you've got friends that don't know Jesus. They don't go to church anywhere. They, don't have, they may not even know about the message that you know. And Jesus wants you to share with them this year, this morning. I want you to make a commitment. Jesus, I'm going to invite my friend to church. I'm going to tell them about you. I'm going to give them a, a, a Bible. I'm going to share a book like these on the stage with them. I'm going to bring them with me to the next kids event here at the Hill. I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to share God's love. I'm going to be friends with somebody that has no friends. I'm going to help somebody who needs my help. Lord Jesus, you don't need anything from me, but you said that I could prove my love for you by loving other people in your name. And I'm going to love them, and I'm going to lead them to you, Jesus. Are you forsaking? Are you following? Are you fishing? If you're not, this morning is the morning that you start. Parents, 
Some of you may need to make a commitment to Jesus today. And some of you need to make a commitment back to the local church today. And understand that if you're going to follow Jesus, you need a tribe, you need a family, you need a crew who can help you to do that well. And if you don't have a crew, we'd love to be your crew. Come and join right here. And we'd love for you to commit to this local congregation. Amen. Let's bow our hearts. Father, in Jesus' name, you've been good and true. And Lord, this morning, as we sing about you and as we worship you, we want to take a moment and give people a chance again, Lord, just to come and to trust Christ. If there's one here today who's never made that once and for all decision to forsake every other pathway and to give their heart totally and completely to Jesus, I pray that today would be the morning that they do that. And Lord, I pray today that if someone's struggling to follow, they'd make a commitment and find your strength and power to live out their faith this year. And Lord, I pray that this year would be the year we commit to loving and leading others to Jesus so that they can know you like we know you. And we'll bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's sing this little song again. Let the King of my heart. And if you need to come pray, the altar's open. I got some friends who'll be coming to help us pray. If you need to forsake, if you need to follow, if you need to fish, come join us today. We want- Thank you for listening to our podcast at The Hill. We pray that you are blessed by this message. For more information on what's happening at the Hill and to stay connected, visit our website at foresthillcog.org, join our Facebook page, facebook.com slash foresthillcog, or download our app from the iTunes or Google Play Store.